Hey, just want to do a quick plug before the show begins. I'm hosting an event here in Evansville on Sunday, December the 18th. It's called Wally Opus Presents 2022. It's a record label showcase featuring performances by The Strangers, Atlas of the Dogs, Swamp Eyes, and Panama Papers. Uh, you can find more information on wallyopus.com. Tickets are on sale now. Also, uh, if you didn't see on my Instagram, I officially changed the name of this podcast from Mining in the Foothills to simply The Wally Opus Podcast with Wes Luttrell. Nothing else is going to change other than the branding and uh, the intro bit where I welcome miners because, you know, it's just kind of weird to welcome miners. Uh, it was like a marketing thing I was trying, but I, I've given up. I don't want to do it anymore. So switching to the Wally Opus podcast, uh, nothing will change in terms of where you can find it, where you can listen to it. Everything remains the same. Uh, but this is the last episode where I do the introduction uh, featuring mining in the foothills. From now on. This is the Wally Opus Podcast. All right. Hello, miners. And welcome to the 15th episode of Mining in the Foothills, where I am on the search for dialectic gold with doers from around the Midwest. I'm Wes from Wally Opus, and my guest today is Joran Royce Locker, owner and operator of JRL the R, just Royce. <laughs> Local, one of Southern Indiana's top multimedia companies specializing in video production, commercial photography, and audio video podcast creation. Located right here in Evansville, Indiana, Joran and his team have been servicing the tri-state area since late 2019, working with such local brands as JP Marine, Evansville Rescue Mission, Mr. Fence, the Evansville Fire Department, Edge Auto Sports, and Visit Evansville, to name just a few. For the past several years, Joran has hosted JRL's Local Business Takeover, an effort to show off local businesses and to promote experiences around Southern Indiana. Joran is also a member of 100 Guys Who Care, a fundraising initiative that gives away $10,000 per quarter to nonprofit organizations around the tri-state. The man behind the camera is based right here in Evansville, Indiana, where he lives with his little family, who just so happens to be friends with my little family. So, Joran, thank you for doing this, man. Not a problem, man. That was beautiful. That was a lot better than I could have done. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on that. That's a, I bring it up every damn podcast, but I'm like, that's like a, a thing that's a, that I do now. You know? I like it. I stole it. Let's see. Oh, I think I stole it from Jordan Peterson. <laughs> You know who that? You know who I'm talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely, I know who Jordan Peterson is. But it's like it's like a combination of like Jordan Peterson's bio, sort of interview style, with like Joe Rogan's just free, like let it go where it goes type conversation. Uh, also with some like uh, how I built this. Have you ever listened to that with Guy Raz? No. It's a it's a podcast about um, company building, so it's sort of like that interview based. That's so. cool. That's kind of where I got the idea. I like company building. Yeah, I'll send you the podcast. Yeah, yeah I'd love to see that. It. So let's jump right in. For those who have not heard of you, give me a quick, and I'm actually interested because I've talked to you a, a lot about your business, but not much about your background or your life history or how you got 
from or how you got to this business. So uh, fill us in on your history and then when you first picked up a camera. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's kind of a weird situation and kind of how it all happened. You know, I didn't have a passion for photography or uh, Mm -hmm. filmmaking or video by any means. It was just a means of an outlet for me. Um, I was actually working for a small uh, pizza business. and I that, remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was working at that pizza business for a long time, and I loved every second of it. And, you know, the more I actually left this pizza business to go bartend. Okay. So I was bartending at a casino, and whenever I – my whole intention was to generate enough money to where I can move to Nashville. Okay. From the casino work. Interesting. Yeah. So what actually ended up happening was I just spent a bunch of money on a bunch of stuff that was I felt necessary. So I was buying kayaks and uh, <laughs> archery bows and you name it. I spent money on it. So I never actually saved up the money that I needed, <laughs> right? Yep. So I had to end up... I knew that I didn't want to work at the casino anymore um, and... I, I still wanted to go to Nashville. So I stopped working at the casino and went back to the pizza company. Okay. And during this time, you know, social media was just kind of flourishing. This is obviously pre-COVID and, yeah. uh, you know, and I saw, I saw video was just getting so popular. So literally my involvement with like media and photography and stuff was born from uh, this idea that I thought I could grow some serious business or or gain some serious traction in this business through video you know i was like hey let's make a youtube for this company and you know let's let's do some things so was that your first move was make a youtube channel yep okay sweet i made the youtube channel for the company gotcha yeah so and then we just kind of made a couple silly videos but all still you know revolving around pizza because it, it didn't make sense for me to sell pizza in the video like include pizza but don't sell Mm. pizza you know people like pizza you don't have to sell it yeah you know just introduce them to you make people feel comfortable so that's kind of how my whole start for video kind of became and uh were you doing like behind the scenes stuff with them with the crew yeah yeah okay but we also did uh a skit one of them one of the very first ones was a skit okay so my first video was made on a little gopro hero 3 Uh uh-huh and I loved it. It was pretty cool. And then my second video was made on an Osmo, which is a, okay. uh, you know, the gimbals. You ever see people have yes. a little, it's one of those, except it's pretty much like a GoPro on it. Okay. Not like a real deal camera. Okay. And then I went into debt to buy a camera. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of whenever everything happened. So I ended up leaving the pizza company just okay. because things didn't work out. You know, it wasn't aligning with the time off that I wanted and, you know, just a lot of different factors. It just didn't work out. So here I am with a camera, a bunch of debt and no money to go to Nashville. (laughs) 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 So that's whenever I decided to start working at a sign company that my brother worked at. And, um, the reason I started working at a sign company is because they gave me a lot of freedom. You know, I could come in whenever I wanted. I could leave whenever I wanted, essentially. As long as you got your shit done. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so what happened was I was working every day from 3 to 4 a.m. till noon. Uh, Didn't start off like that. 
uh, I obviously started working full time for a while mm. until I created JRL. And then uh, after JRL was created, I still didn't have any clients and I was doing all this work for free. But uh, I was leaving work at noon after being up since 3 a.m. and then doing my JRL stuff until 5. Gotcha. So I was cramming in as much as I could in a day, and you could absolutely tell because I was falling asleep everywhere. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of how things started. And eventually, you know, I got I gained enough clients to where I could stop working at the sign company. And uh, it's just been this ever-evolving thing ever since. And we, uh, I met Jake. I met Jake all during this time when I was working at Huss Signs. And, you know, and we, Jake is your... My right hand man. Right hand man. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Sweet. Still with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Damn, that's awesome, dude. I didn't realize. So I did know, uh, like, so I was actually part of one of the, if you remember that, I think it was the canoe. Uh, Cave Country Canoes. Cave Country Canoes. Yeah, yeah. We went canoeing and we were, you did a video that day. But uh, so when you first started out, that is what you were doing. You were, is that? What, did it all start with local business takeovers and then you or was it not called that then or well I, I actually had this idea so obviously you know I'm working all these hours and staying up super late and going to I mean and waking up super early I was getting exhausted so I was trying to find like uh, a way that I could generate my own type of marketing material but mm -hmm. also involve people at the same time to where maybe I could uh it move or increase my production to where I could gain clients a little bit faster, right? Uh, so I came up with this idea. You know, I've already already had been creating things and making things for people, but it just wasn't paying enough to where I could quit my job. Yeah. So I came up with this idea that I wanted to make a video about the homeless crisis in Evansville. Okay. You know, and this is pre-COVID homelessness was this is actually when you know, was this like 2019 or december of 2019 okay yeah cool and uh you know there was this whole homeless crisis and you know we saw in evansville particularly there was a lot of people that you would see uh panhandling that mm -hmm. you would see all over the city but they would just like move spots and it was like okay. you know, what what's kind of going on here you know so what ended up happening was i wanted to do a video on it so I actually ended up going to Salvation Army because okay. I knew that they, you know, fed homeless people. And then uh, I did a little bit of a story there with a camera. <laughs> and then I went to the Evansville Rescue Mission because they said, hey, you know, if you want to learn more about the homeless population, you should definitely go to the Evansville Rescue Mission. Gotcha. So that's kind of how uh, my relationship with Salvation Army and the Evansville Rescue Mission kind of flourished was, you know, I had this massive interest in what was happening in our community. And I involved other people and told a story. So that's kind of how that developed into something. I was like, you know, I want to do more of these. And I, I know, and this is right whenever COVID hit. And I was okay. like, local business is really struggling. So how can I stay involved, market myself, and then also show people that this content can change your business? Mm. You know, so it just kind of all came together. You know, it started off with me just doing something for the community and to tell a story. And then it evolved into, you know, hey, I get to tell a story and I get to uh, possibly make a living for myself and Jake at the same time. That's so interesting. It's like 
uh, it's almost like you were doing like journalism in the beginning, you know, which I guess you kind of still, I don't know if it's the same now, but you get in, you like learn their story. You try to pull this together, you know, pull this out and, and present it, you know, through video, through media. But, uh, that is something that, um, I was thinking about this a lot last night. Well, first of all, it's in your damn name, JRL local. Like it's, it's like the local part of your name is the business. And like, I know that you've done work for clients outside of the area, but, um, it's just still local businesses though. Oh, okay. You know, it's not big corporate, uh, stuff. I mean, we've definitely done some big corporate stuff, but it's mostly local people, you know, local things advertising to the local community. Yeah. And like, that's what, that's something I've noticed is like, uh, your it's not just like a thing that you say it's something that you actually do and if you watch if you watch your local business takeovers you're giving local businesses a platform to share their story in a quality manner and like you're experiencing it it's like kind of like like i don't i haven't watched them in a while but i know like when i used to like watch some of them they're like vlog meets interview meets like advertising kind of you know and it was entertaining. You like cut it together really nicely and it's, it's really entertaining. But I just think it's interesting that, um, like through your interest in the community, you start meeting people and you discover like, uh, you discover like a service that you can provide them through video content, you know, but it's like, you really are a part of the community. Like, I feel like knowing you for a couple of years, and like I'm following your your meet your social media stuff. I'm like, God, you fucking know everybody, dude. You know everybody in the in Evansville, you know, because I feel like you really are part of the local scene. It's not bullshit, you know. You're not just saying that. It's like yeah. you actually are, you know. Yeah. And you're a local business yourself, supporting other local businesses. You know, and you know that goes back to the whole. You know, I, I hate talking about politics and I hate talking about, you know, this side, that side. And I feel like everybody's so divided. But mm -hmm. as far as the local level stuff, mm -hmm. we all have a common vision. We all have the same vision for what our community wants to, I mean, what we want it to look like. And I think that's powerful. It's like, why do we have to be so opposite sided whenever essentially the vision's the same? Mm -hmm. You know, we still want the same things for our people and for our community. And as far as, you know, gaining this network in Evansville, you know, I, I, I'm super blessed that I was able to come up with an idea that would get me involved to meet all these awesome people. Um, but at the same time, it, a lot of these people that I know and a lot of these people we work with and, you know, a lot of the people that I know, we hardly ever work with. I just consider them great friends. Mm -hmm. Um it's just, they're just good people, mm -hmm. you know? And that's, that's why people get attracted to other people is like, hey, this guy cares about not only me, but my team too. Yeah. And they care about the future of me and my family. Yeah. And I think that's what's really powerful as far as like networking and connections is you can really weed out who's not there for the common good of people. Yeah. You know? You know what's funny is like... uh so I, I went to Nashville last week and I had a meeting with uh, a couple people, but one guy I was talking to about, it's funny, like two, I had two different, 
uh, viewpoints coming at me. One guy says, like, I don't see how you're going to make anything happen with where you're located. You know, like you, like you should be in Nashville. Everybody's in Nashville. That dude is at a different level than the other guy I met with who's operating at a much higher level at a booking agency. And he said, uh, I was like, you know, something I'm struggling with just with my own journey, like with like, is coming to grips with uh, being based in Southern Indiana. It's a place that I love. It's a place I call home. Like it's a place that I feel like I have uh, like I have some identity and I have some influence and I can actually do things because there's not there are other people doing what I'm doing, but it's not a fuck ton and there's not it's not super competitive right now. And I can afford to live here and stuff. And he's like, uh, the second guy, he's like, dude, you, dude, I like that you're not from here. He's like, you're not just another dude from Nashville. Like, yes, of course that has its merit, but like you not being here, if you don't need to be, if you're finding talent where you're based and if your talent is blossoming, why would you like, what, what do you need to be here for? Like, you're going to, you're going to buy a $500,000 house to get what you have in Evansville or not that much, but you know, it's like, you're going to spend a shit ton of money. It's busy as hell here. You got to park downtown. It costs 25 bucks, you know, like, yeah, it's just a lot to consider. But when I think about Evansville, I think about it's, it's like a, it is a community of, of, um, of nice people you know like yeah, it's hard to find man it's, it's big but it's small like like starting the podcast i had this list of people i wanted to interview and as i keep doing it it's like the list i haven't i've only this is the 15th episode but it, like the list keeps growing because i'm like oh shit oh shit that person's oh yeah like that and i'm always finding out about new people who either live in evansville or around mm -hmm. the area that I had no idea. I'm like, oh, I had no idea that this was going on. I just met an author last week who has a book on Amazon's. It's in like the leadership category, but it's like a book uh, in their top seller on Amazon. And I'm like, really? what the fuck? You're wow. just hanging out here? <laughs> you know, like you're just existing in Evansville? Yeah. You know? Why here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's, I agree. It's a, it's a, of course, there's, you know, you have your struggles with certain aspects of it. It is smaller, but, um, and there's not, for me, there's not a ton of venues between small and large. There's no real medium-sized venues for booking shows, which yeah, is an not. issue, but. Yeah, unless it's like it a, ourselves, an know. older, uh, what are they called? You know, like the old auditoriums and stuff. Right, right. Those are medium-sized. Right, For they sure, are. like the Victory Theater. Yeah, well, even the victory, dude. Whew, yeah, that thing, that sucker's nineteen hundred seats. I mean, really? to go, yeah, to that's go cool. from, to go from like, um, uh, let's see. So like, I'm I'm having a show next month at Stage Two, which is a small theater. I'll be there. Three hundred seats. That'd be awesome. Three hundred seats, and uh, the next jump up is like, in the Civic's not that big. The next it goes from like three hundred seat venues to like. 1900 seats you know <laughs> or or at uh old old national events i think it's even more than 1900 yeah, and then you go big. and then they you have go three levels yeah and then you go to the fourth center and that's we're talking you know like what 10,000 seats or some crazy shit yeah so yeah it's like finding that but i know that there are people that are in town talking about how to change that and it's not going to happen this year but 
how to kind of make that middle market available uh, to us, you know, to to people who want to put on shows a little bit bigger than small, but no way we could do 2,000 seats, you know. It's yeah. just... But, yeah, I love the idea of amphitheaters. You know, like the oh, Mesker Amphitheater. It's just sitting there, rotting It's just away, sitting there, dude. man. Like, I understand why we can't use it, and it's not structurally fit anymore. And the but renovation would be expensive. Let's but, do something somewhere. Burdett Park, man. Let's, yeah. let's get a nice amphitheater out there. Yeah. Dude, what's you know? funny is my backyard, the way I'll show you after. Well, you just were out there. But the way that it's set up is, like, my house is actually kind of up on a hill. And we have an acre of land, and the backyard slopes down into a woods. And I've talked to some buddies about, like, obviously this is not big, but <laughs> like building a, building a stage back there and then coming up the hill, just have like small acoustic shows or like get a sound system and do just like record label hangout nights and invite people to come and bring blankets and we'll yeah. grill and like you can have a little parking out front straw bales with some yeah. blankets on them. Exactly. Have a big fire going and have people playing because it's kind of amphitheater ish. It's funny how the yard slopes to one corner, mm -hmm. but, um, but dude, I know I, I used to walk by a massacre every day. Like when we, I still do sometimes, but like when we lived on Virginia street, I'd walk past there and just like, just be dream <laughs> yeah yeah yes just dream and be yeah just think about like wow just look at this fucking beautiful mm -hmm. bones of this place but yeah i understand too the it's a little out of reach from yeah. the yeah from the and you know you were talking about evansville and you know like does it make sense for you to be here whenever yeah. there's so much opportunity maybe somewhere else yeah and you know and i feel we kind of are in similar areas within our companies to where, you know, there's definitely value to going somewhere where there might be more clients. Yep. But I also think there's massive value because in staying here, because I think that the future of music, the future of online internet content, the future of a lot of things is only just going to expand. And then yeah. it, it, since we've gotten the internet and we've seen how easy it is to make a living off of the internet and share information far and wide, I feel like, you know, the, the internet really expands our limits. Yes. You know, yeah. so go ahead and stay in Nashville because, yeah, cost of living might be a little higher there and you might not be able to run it for as long as I might be able to hold out over here. Right, right, exactly. You know, what's funny is when I... I lived in Los Angeles uh, before I moved back here, and there was a time where, uh, where I just had this feeling like I got to go back home. I got to go back home and build something. I don't know what it's going to be. I didn't have Wally Opus. I didn't have the idea for the record label yet. I had nothing except like I need to go back. And I was like long distance dating Chloe, so that was a thing. Um, but then when I first got back, I mean like within the first week, my buddy sent me a book. Uh, it's it was Bruce Springsteen's autobiography, so it's about his life. And then he sent me a podcast on the book where they broke some stuff down. And one of the things that they talked about was how, and this has happened to several people um, that I know of on that scale, but like at the height of his career, when Born in the USA, I think it was, came out, um, I want to say he was in LA or in New York city or something, but he, he left, he left that life 
and went back to his hometown of Asbury Park in New Jersey and and like planted his roots there. Really? And so what I thought was, and that was before the fucking internet, by yeah. the way. But uh, for, it gave me this sense of like, yeah, like I want to go deeper in the place where I'm from. Yeah. And like, I want the challenge of building something that hasn't been built before there. And, and I want it to blossom. And But sometimes the people, people's words of um, caution, they get in my head. You know, people will say, why are you here? Like, why, like, like is it really, there's a reason nobody's done it before. It's because it doesn't work here. But I'm like, yeah, but when they did it, did they have the internet? Did they have Spotify? Did yeah. they have YouTube? Exactly. You know, did they have like Instagram? Did they have all of these tools that we have now? I want to know, know the stats of how many artists are in Evansville today versus how many artists were here 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. That's what I'd like. Who have, who have even like, a modicum of success because like like for example atlas of the dogs another band i work with they just put out a uh, TikTok last week i looked yesterday i'm like this almost got nine hundred thousand views i'm like Dang. fuck yeah. yeah like nice job fellas you know and they're just it, around town you know it's like it's cool that people and it, it it's all like that it's all one click or one share away from you exactly. know everything that you do and I do is exactly like it's all got the potential to go viral from right here and know? then like before your only opportunity was gotten at each show you didn't get any opportunity mm. unless you were playing at a venue yeah. and then maybe somebody might be there or record it or something now we can share 15 pieces of content a day yeah. and reach more people that we would at a show. You know, so essentially, yep. if you could keep up and running and, you know, keep the bills paid for a band, the band would actually technically never need to play a show because they're still reaching more people than right. they would from a show. Now, obviously, the shows are going to make them better and it's an experience and practice, but... Right, and uh, yeah, and if they like, you know, if they... If they like playing like if that's their thing, you yeah. know, and and two something I've noticed about because because now that I'm in the world of some of the bigger shows, I see some of the bigger bands who play a bunch of festivals, and I see that like how their number. It's funny, like as you grow and you grow, the you, the bigger the show, the more people go listen to your music. But then the more people that listen to your music, the bigger the shows that you can get. And it's like this like feedback, like positive feedback loop of growth to where I'm like, oh, when I see one band who's playing like seven giant festivals next year, I'm thinking like, dude, their their fucking monthly listeners on Spotify are gonna grow so much. That's true. But then they're gonna be able to get bigger festivals the year after. Exactly. You know? But it's like this beautiful real world meets digital world, like and I'm sure that's been going on for fucking a while with CD sales and stuff in the past, but, but yeah. So, um, but I think like, like the, like the local community that we have in Evansville, like I, when I question it, um, I think it's valid. It's like, okay, this makes, yes, these are real challenges that we face being in, in, in Evansville, like the, the platforms that you know it's small mm -hmm. but 
when I think about this is like back to the Bruce Springsteen thing. He said he likes being a big fish in a small pond versus a small fish in a big pond. And not that's not for everybody, but when he said that, I really related to that. And I'm like, yes, I like being a part of a community where I am noticed, you know, versus when I lived in LA, I was a fucking pebble on this mountain of rocks, you, you know, you throw a like, rock in LA and you hit a music artist. Oh my or an actor god, or, dude! Every yes, that is what it feels like for yeah. sure. Whereas here, you say, you know, you own a company that does, you know, uh, records or does media. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. What? It, yeah. What versus kind of out there, or what kind of artist do you do? You know? Yeah, exactly. There's, versus, all, there's room for question, not like, oh, you and everybody else. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah. I know what you. I know what you're about. Then you know. I've but. been super interested to ask you about your trip recently, because which one? The the one that you went on. Uh, with the group of guys. Oh, the yeah, it's like a small retreat. Yes. Yeah. I've been so interested in doing something like that. And I I wanted to know like what what was it? Like what was the basis and what was kind of the 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 object, the goal, you know? Like I'm I feel like everybody, especially coming out of COVID, everybody's kind of on their own little spiritual journey right now. Yeah. You know, everybody's just trying to figure themselves out, figure life out, figure out how they can be a better person today than they were yesterday. Yeah. You know, and I think, I I don't know the basis of the trip that you went on, but I, I've seen trips similar and I thought that maybe that was kind of like the same, same idea and I thought it was super interesting. Well, you nailed it because that is what it was about. I love that. It was about like, uh, yeah, so, you know, a couple guy, well, one guy in town, Zach Parsons, who I've been building a friendship with since I worked at Azip Pizza, funny enough. Really? Like, I would work at Azip and he would come in a lot and we would just, and it started with this hat that I was wearing and it said, it was a hat I found in a crate at a thrift shop in Poseyville of all places. And <laughs> it said like, it will be done, which I don't even know. I just fucking like the hat, dude. I don't even know what it was from or whatever, but he saw it. And he's like, what's your hat about? And I was like, what do you think it's about? Self-explanatory. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it says what it means, you know, whatever. And, uh, but that just started a relationship. But then we've worked on several things that haven't really panned out. And then he texted me and said, I'm thinking about doing a retreat. It's going to be my first one. Would you be interested? Because we've had a lot of conversations just about meaning and spirituality, not necessarily religion, but self-growth, yeah. you know. Um, and so I was like, fuck, yeah, dude, that sounds great. Yeah. Just let me know what you're thinking. Exactly. And so it was me, him, and six other guys from the community, some business owners, some two of them were USI professors, uh, one of them was the author. He's a retired Marine. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so we went out, which he didn't tell us. He would give us mo- like small details as it was happening. So it'd be like, uh, okay, I'll let you know what's I'll, like, okay, you're in. Sounds great. Then like two weeks later, okay, meet. we're going to meet here at this time. And he told me the weekend so I could clear it. We're going to meet here at this time, bring... I'll let you know what to bring. And then like a week later, bring this. 
then a week later, okay, we're going to meet at this time, blah, 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 see you there. And so we show up and, uh, yeah, it was, we had two cabins out at Lincoln state park and we split four and four in each cabin. And it was just like, I had never met any of the guys. So I'd seen some of them around, but never met them. And it, Zach had this whole plan that unfolded one chapter at a time. And it was all based off of these archetypes that were like, um, the warrior spirit, you know, the magician, the king and the lover and how these, how these are tool sets for our lives. And so it would be like, uh, uh, an informational session. We'd watch a video or read something. We would talk about it and then it would be like, okay, for the next seven hours, we're doing activities related to this archetype. So oh, wow. yeah. And it was funny enough. It snowed that weekend. Yeah. So we went to bed Friday. Oh, and no cell phones. No electronics. I love that. I yeah. love that. So we, it was like this ceremonial thing where we all had to make our final call to the, to somebody who co comes to your mind. So I called Chloe and she didn't fucking answer. But <laughs> <laughs> but I left her a message. In the <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And then we, we hung up our phones and put them away. And it was like, we'll turn those back on on Sunday. And this was Friday. Uh, and then we had an acti like a, you know, an evening of activities, activities, uh, a lot of them out in the dark in the woods and then come inside, sleep, wake up Sunday, suit up and we're outside. And it was just like this day of activities related to the warrior. And we, we swam in the fucking lake. I saw that freezing last lake. That's awesome. Yeah. And, which I was all down for that. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Absolutely. And, uh, we climbed a tower. Anybody and, goes a day without their phone, they start getting irrational thoughts too, Wes. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Yeah, I know. It was like crazy. I was thinking this, I'm like, oh, this is like one of the longest days of my life because like, <laughs> I just, there's nothing to distract me. You know, there's yeah. no TVs, there's no sound. It's just me and the, because like after lunch, we had to fast that morning. We had a bunch of shit. One of the activities. So you guys fasted each morning? Well, just for the first day. Okay. Yeah, or for the first Saturday. Like detoxing. Like, yes, yep. And uh, no coffee even, no nothing. Wow. We didn't have a fire the first night. It was just all cold. He's like, we're going to save the fire for night two, like something to look forward to. I love that. Yeah. So one of, dude, one of the activities we did um, was we, we go on this long hike and we end up at this circle. It's a brush pile kind of like brush is built up. There's like small trees big ass circle go around the circle all eight of us and then it was like then then we like zach gets fired up he's like all right tap into your warrior spirit and he plays some music we go in the circle and i've never done anything like this in my fucking life yeah start walking around the circle he's like just go where your spirit leads you or in the circle walking through this brush he's like lock eyes with the next man you see as you pass and like stare into his gaze. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just met these guys by the <laughs> yeah. way, you know, and, uh, it's our first morning together. And then he's like, st stop in front of the next man you see. So you stop. He's like, feel like stare into his gaze, feel the intensity of his spirit. Put your hands on his shoulders. Yell in his face. Fuck you. And like, dude, I love dude, this. So it was like, hold the, the activity was like, hold, like hold this energy that this person's giving you and take, give it back to him. Like, but, but 
not in an aggress it is aggression but hold it hold him you know as he's doing this yeah feel the energy feel it be with it now hug him and wow. like love him back to the circle and we would do this several times and one of them was like lock arms like shove each other like try to like really show each other force yeah um uh yeah it was but that was so i am i grew up and i've always been conflict averse like yeah. i if there's people fighting i don't want anything to do with it i want to get out of the fucking room you know but one thing I went into this act, this weekend working on was like, I want to be able to hold the energy of conflict within myself and not feel like I need to react and get away. Yeah. So that activity was really beneficial for that. Yeah. You know, so the whole weekend was like that. It was like taking on these different challenges and that was the warrior. And stopping your fight or flight mechanism. Exactly. Being with the moment, the energy. Being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Exactly. Yes. Dude, I love this. Yeah. So then, so we, yeah, we, we had, then all Saturday, like the Saturday, it was funny. We didn't have clocks. So it'd be like, he said, uh, after lunch, he's like, okay, you have until dark to be alone. You can write in your journals, you can go on walks, do what you need to do. That only gives you like three hours right now. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. Cause we're like, so what time? He's like, just dark. Cause we don't have any other way to tell. I'm like, okay. So, so it was nice. Just then I wrote and I went on a long walk by myself and uh, was just out in the woods and then met back up for dinner. And then in the evening, we did something called holotropic breathing, which I had never done. I've always done breathing exercises the last couple of years. But this was, he said, we're going to lay on our backs and you're going to breathe deeply like <sighs> for 45 minutes. What the hell? Yeah. And I'm like, I was so, I was like, this is not, I don't want to do this. Like I was so <laughs> resistant so to that's that. It's a workout. Yes. I'm like, so we go get four mattresses, put them around the campfire and we partner up and we do these breathing exercises one at a time. So first you go, then your partner. And it was the, cl- so I've done psychedelics. It was the closest thing after it was over. Like, yeah. or yeah, I guess as it was ending, the closest thing to doing psychedelics that I've ever done without having any drugs in my system at all. All I had in my system that day was a fucking turkey sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) So like, um, at the, like you just start to lose yourself when you're breathing that intensely. And, uh, at the end of it, like I couldn't hardly move my legs. I was like laughing hysterically. And I was like, I kept saying, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I guess you can't really host a retreat and then everybody be like, all right, gather around the fire. We're just going to do a couple hits of DMT real quick. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Discover your inner selves real fast. Yes. Like we, it was all through doing it naturally. Um, but that then, awesome. then we had dinner and then we all sat around the campfire and I brought my guitar and another guy brought his guitar and we played songs. And like they, uh, at that moment, they, they brought out some brandy, some, some alcohol, and some legal edibles. So we kind of passed those around. Everything oh, was legal. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And um, then we woke up Sunday, had more sessions, then had one last meal together, and then that was it. Wow. Yeah. So I, I think I've it, already texted Zach and told him I wanted to go to the next one. You did? I did. Okay, sweet. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, that's great because uh, I was just talking to him earlier about. 
the future of his retreats. I, I don't, I, cause he invited people back, but I, in, in a past, in, in years prior, I would be like, yes, I want to be a part of this continually. But for me now, I feel that, uh, I got what I needed. Yeah. And absolutely. I want to spread the word about what I got, but, um, I have my own journey to go on. Exactly. Everybody you know has their I mean? own journey. But I you know? do think, I do think that there should be some sort of like community around retreat, whoever goes to the retreat where like, um, whether that's a network or a uh, gathering of some sort that like there needs to be some sort of community that forms. Cause I do think that there is, there is a call that people feel like when you saw it, it's something inside. Cause other people, I tell other people about, it, they're like, Gee, fuck why would that. you do that? Yeah. Wes, that sounds like a nightmare. Right. You yelled, fuck you. I saw that. Man, and I was know? like, I would love that. I need that. I would appreciate every moment of being uncomfortable in that. Yes. You yeah. know? And I think it's just all about people's journeys. You know, where are you at in yours? You know, Agreed. and now you are past that point. You don't need your uh, initial spark of searching for your spirituality again. Exactly, you know? dude. Exactly. And that's what I think that it takes. Because like before that, I had wanted to do something like that just based off of seeing other things on the internet or like reading about people doing stuff like that. I always thought that would be so cool, but I I don't feel like I have the tools to put that together effectively. Um but Zach, someone like Zach's been to retreats like that, bigger ones. Yeah. But I think keeping it small is a great way to keep it effective. And like, yeah, because he asked us for feedback. And I'm like, it's perfect, dude. The only thing I would do is get a louder speaker because he was playing the songs off of his phone. And I'm like, it's like of course, the recording like, guy would say that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we need a fucking Bluetooth Where's a sound speaker? system on this? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, dude, we need to be... Like when you're doing that warrior shit, it's like I need to be Amidst. boom, 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 yeah. And and even when you're doing the deep breathing, we were listening to music uh, that was like tribal, and I was like, I wanted to feel it more, you know. Yeah. Which when you're when you become when you after fucking however long of breathing, you become sensitive enough to like feel even just a phone speaker, you know. You're like, ooh, I can really feel that just the pulse of the beat or whatever that might be. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, yeah, dude, you gotta get a fucking speaker. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be blasting that shit so we can really, if I go to the next button. one, I'll let you know if they've upgraded. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, please. But yeah, dude, I think that it's not just us. I think it's like a generational cultural thing where, um, one of the guys there, the, the Marine uh, ex Marine author was talking about, a lack of genuine leaders that our culture faces. It's not any, I feel like it's reflected in our political system. I don't think we all look up to a polit, polit, politicians like they're leaders, no. you know? And I think it's like a, the same with like, I, it's, it's just a top down thing. So I think it's like our generation is sort of waking up to that and like yeah. taking it upon ourselves to get, stronger and get involved and like whatever that means you yeah. know but i think it's i think it's not just us i think it's if me and you feel it yes other people our age absolutely are gonna feel the call you yeah. know to get 
just to get that experience. You know? Well, I mean, like, think it's about natural. it. We've spent the last, or, you know, more or less, two years of our lives as a people isolated mm-hmm. and stuck consuming on our phones. Yeah. You know, and after a certain amount of time, that's going to cause some serious impact on the mind. You know, it's going to make everything that is not your phone uncomfortable. Yeah. And where is there room to be a leader on your phone? Like, obviously, absolutely, there's room to be a leader on your phone. You can absolutely be a voice. Yeah. But will it fulfill you? Yeah. And that's what life's all about is just figuring out what fulfills you. you I mean, dude, think about your business. Like, you have you have you have employees, you have a team that you work with. And like, I mean, if you never saw them or were with them, I mean, I don't know. I just think creatively, I know that there's a bit, I mean, some people will probably hear this and be like, are you kidding me? I work on the internet only and we have a great fucking team, which yeah, is valid. Absolutely. But like, I don't know for some people. I work only on the internet too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like for some people, I don't know. I feel like it's, yeah, dude. Is, I mean, probably for everybody. It's just like, we got to have that fucking connection because dude, it's so easy. Like one thing I've come, I was just talking to somebody yesterday about this, but I've come to realize after COVID is like, I fucking hate group texts unless yes. it's information based and like specific. <laughs> I hate conversations in group texts because they blow up at least in my work, like I line of work. Sometimes things blow up. People say shit. And it's like, it's like Twitter or any, it's like yelling into the void, but it's like, like you wouldn't talk like, you don't talk like that to me when we're together. Yes. But, but on the phone, you say this crazy shit, you know? And then it often gets misinterpreted because you don't pick up tone. Exactly. So I might think that this person's coming at me and they're like, no, 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 I was just saying. I was being silly. Yeah. And it's like, how do you, but I have no other information. I have no other cues. Uh, and that shit, yeah, I fucking hate that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've tried to start avoiding that. I'm like, we're not going to talk about, like, conversation shit unless it's like we have to Yes, through yeah. a text. If I need information, like, we got to get this figured out. But, yes. you know, I feel like the human race and the human species is we are such a social people and we need community. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also a big deal of our anxiety is whenever you get notifications on your phone, you feel like you might be letting somebody down because you're not responding. Yeah. You know, same thing with, that's why we're so focused on all of our notifications is we just want people to feel validated and we want to be accepted ourselves. So if somebody's not responding to us, we don't feel accepted. If we're not responding to somebody else, we're feeling like we're letting them down. So it's just yeah. this constant pool of anxiety that would just be eliminated with a phone call yeah, or with just putting your phone down until, you know, you're ready to deal with the situation or have the conversation. Yeah. So, you know, I, I definitely think that, um, especially in a time like this, you know, I've been more focused on trying to create more than I consume. Mm. I like that. Yeah, I, I think I'm on. I think I'm on a similar plane, and I, I think the way to know if you're off the path is if you're like, well, like this is me last night. Uh, so <clears throat> last night, Chloe, I don't know how it. Well, I was trying to get a phone call with the guy. I missed this fucking phone call. Then I'm worried about 
him call me back. Chloe just got home. August is like, hey, I need to eat. And, you know, it's like all of this mess. And then finally the guy calls me back. I'm like, like I got to take this. I just really right need to take gotta this take call. This. Yeah. Yes. And, but I was so obsessed with like checking to see what's going on. But yesterday I was kind of bad about consuming. Oh, I got some shit done, but I was just bad about it. I was like kind of lazy. And uh, then at night we're reading a book to August. We're all laying in bed reading a book to August. And I say at the end of it, God, I wish he would just give us a fucking show already. And <laughs> Chloe's like, Augie, dad, daddy's still talking about work. And I'm, it's, you know, it's like 830. I'm like, it's not that I'm, it's just all I can fucking think about. Like he won't give me an answer, you know? And it's, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's, and as I'm saying, I'm like, I know I'm being absurd right yeah. now. Like there, he can't give me an answer tonight. I'm just obsessed with getting this fucking thing, you know, like getting it done already. Cause I've just all day, I'm like instant gratification, instant gratification. Exactly. So then it like translates into real life and it's the like. The second it doesn't happen instantly. It's get all anxious. It's the only thing that you think about. Exactly. Controls your mind. Exactly. That's And that's another thing why, you know, the, um, like a weekend away without a phone, the digital detox is so healthy. Cause like, I'm pretty sure a huge majority of people don't even have a clue what their relationship with their phone is like, you know, or what their relationship with themselves is like, or that too. Yeah. And that, yeah, it's like where, yeah, like they're not aware of the, where this ends and this begins, you know, it's especially younger, like kids younger than us who, like I was at a hotel over the weekend and a kid had it. He was like fucking eight, maybe 10. Yeah. And he was on his phone watching videos. I'm like, man, that kid has no clue what, maybe he does, but probably doesn't have a clue what life, that, that, that there is life, that life is beyond the phone. Like this is life. Yeah. You know, I mean, yes, that is also part of life, but like this is. Well, the, that's the world. You know, the yeah. internet is the world. That is what is happening in mm -hmm. life, but it's not life. Mm -hmm. You will never actually have, probably, you will probably never actually have conversations or interactions with a lot of these people that you consume all the time. Yeah. You but know, you, so think like, you, know, you think you know, or you think, think they're part of your community like, Oh, or let me talk about my friends real quick that have 45 million followers. Like, those aren't your friends. Yeah. They don't know your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, some people... Like Taylor Swift, who have a billion followers, or whatever they like, they feel like they're your friend. Yes. I mean, and that she does a great job being a personality in that sense. She's popular right now. I don't know what's going on with Ticketmaster, or whatever. But she's popular. Yes, she's the yeah. topic of conversation. She is. Yeah, dude, it's fucking just. She's <laughs> just massive. You yeah. know, I heard yesterday that like one of the tickets before the site crashed was going for like 14 grand or some crazy shit. I know somebody shit. bought a ticket for $2,200. Oh my God. Why? I, that. Like watch, I mean, her a, new watch a live stream or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'm, I guarantee you, you probably have at least one bill that that could have went towards. <laughs> yes. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like, don't you have like, don't you have shit you gotta buy? Or like, yeah. Probably, they probably don't, but, or they use their parents' <laughs> money, but, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, her new album is cool, but I don't know if it's that cool. Yeah. You know, that's insane. Like, that's an insane fucking thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, back to the uh, 
uh, the the uncomfortable and you know the the digital world and stuff. Uh, me and my brother were actually talking, and he actually lives in Panama right now. He's lived in Panama for about six months. The country? Uh, no, Panama City Beach. Okay, okay. Yeah, so he's down there, and you know he's lived in Evansville his whole life. Well, we lived in Lexington for a few years in high school, okay. but uh you know this is the first time he's technically lived on a beach for his you know like day in and day out you know yeah. like what is that like you know yeah so he says uh you know obviously he's on his own spiritual journey and he's actually home right now i was talking to him last night and his uh he, he says he likes to give advice to people but he always gives the same piece of advice and it is why don't you spend one hour a day going to the beach and don't bring your phone <laughs> Just look out and be with your thoughts and do it every single day. And they say that usually, you know, he gets a lot of great responses for like, you know, the first couple days. But then the third day they're like, dude, I'm just bored. I don't like know what to do. And it's like, Joby says, he said, the second you start to get uncomfortable, that's when you're starting to grow as a person. Yeah. But people do not let themselves get uncomfortable because it's so easy to just pull that phone out real quick oh yeah you know oh yeah so i thought that was pretty cool i was like you know what something as simple as that with just an hour of an hour a day that's what that's why i think uh i read this i read half of this book one time called the dip and it's like it's seth godin i think but like he talks about like when you start doing something you get this instinct like you get this feeling of accomplishment because you've never done it so you get this feeling like oh i'm really making progress and then it starts to get hard and then as it gets harder you're less likely to show up if you don't have um that's why they you know consistency beats motivation because it's like if you're consistent and you keep going through that dip, you're going to keep rising again. You're going to go way higher. But it's getting Absolutely. through that dip of, you know, this sucks. This is hard. I don't want to do it, you know. And, like, making it through that, then you really start to see the progress. But, yeah. of course, yeah, dude, I I, I understand. You know, that's why, dude, if, if, if anybody goes to Bob's gym or, like, I go to Yoga 101, at, after the first of the year – that bitch is full. There, I Always. mean, it's hard to find a spot <laughs> because everybody's new. But right now, easy as hell. Like yeah. my yoga class had six people in it this morning. So like, Boom. yeah, funniest <laughs> face. But as soon as the New Year re- resolutions come around, everybody's Hot yoga home. just got hotter. Yes, exactly. <laughs> everybody's coming around. Everybody's going to lose weight. But then it gets hard, yeah. you know? And you can feel it even when people are on diets um, there's one person in my life specifically who goes on diets. Some, it's a older woman goes on diets sometimes. And I always know cause she tells you about it. And then I stop hearing about it. <laughs> and then I see some bad habits forming back up and it's like, yeah, I just, and I don't know how to fix that shit, but yeah. you know, I mean, for me, it's just like this podcast consecutively. Somebody told me after 10 episodes, most podcasts stop. Yes, consistency is really hard. Yeah. So really guess hard. guess what almost happened to me? You at almost ep- stopped at episode ten. Uh, like literally right at that time, I didn't have any other things booked. Yeah. And I was like running low on episodes, and I was like, "Dude, I'm too busy to do a podcast." Blah blah blah. And then I'm like, "Well, no, no, no. You're just you're just falling prey to the trap. I mean, to the 
dip. You yeah, know? you're just scared that it might be a little difficult this time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's not f- it's not new anymore. So now it's like a thing. But yeah. then I just sat down one day. I'm like, go back to the list. I texted you. I texted like six other people. I'm like, just start lining up. I just do one a week. Yeah, line them up week and just book them. So you have to do them. Yeah, and then we're back on track. You know, that's awesome. And there and there, it's just a. This for me is like the local business takeover. Yes. You know what I mean? It's not like I don't plan. I mean, it'd be great one day if someone was to sponsor the show, but like I don't plan on making money off this, but it's a great way to have great conversations. Meet great people. Meet great people. Have people, if they have, I mean, some people listen to my podcast and some people will say, uh, like I heard such and such talking about this. You know, it's like a good way for people to get or it could be a way for people to get their stuff out there, you know, to promote their stuff or whatever. Yeah. So you just never know. Yeah. But and like you've got artists that you can talk to and, you know, like I feel like especially with, you know, the strangers, you know, they, yeah. they have a, they have a story to tell. Yes. You know, yeah. and I think it's powerful, you know, Absolutely. it's powerful. You can't tell your story fully in a song or an album. Right. You know, or in a small, like in a short video, you know, like yeah. that's one way. Those are ways to tell them. But like with the strangers, I had each one on individually because they always do this, the amount of, I mean, they haven't done tons, but the interviews they've done, typically they're together. So it's telling their story. But it was like, I want to hear your story and yeah. your story and your story and how those came together to form the story, you yeah. know. But it, this gives me a, or this gives me a way to do that you know and to share it and like somebody else said which i feel like this is what you do with local business takeover too it's like you're documenting dude you're just backlogging you're creating all of this content that if somebody comes along and finds one thing you have this you have this plethora of content to go back and sift through like joe rogan does that you know like it's not that they intend to it's just that is what you're doing. You, you know, know, funny story about that. Uh, I've been, you know, I obviously everything that we do is generally recorded or pictures or, yeah. you know, audio and stuff like that. So uh, I've been doing kind of personal things for a long time now. Uh, like me and Avery, you know, I've been documenting our lives essentially. You know, like the very beginning (laughs) of our relationship and how it's blossomed into everything from, you know, getting engaged to having a baby and, you know, just like moments like that, raw moments, you know. So like, yes, it's weird sometimes to have a camera, you know, and to be recording things, you know, it's very uncomfortable because you don't know where that's going to go. Yeah. But I am so proud of all of this amazing footage we have from, you know, the birth of our child. Oh and, my God. You know, us yeah. falling in love for years and, you know, just all these awesome things. You know, I'm you can't get that back. No, you dude. Know? Absolutely. That's funny. It's like if you if if you're whoever's in your life, it's like, be careful. You might end up on a video. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly. I used to tell people that about music. I'm like, be careful hanging out with me because sometimes I'm recording the audio <laughs> and I'm like you just never know what I'm going to put you in a song, like some background noise or some shit, you know? Yeah. But, but so dude, funny. that stuff that you're creating, that like that backlog of your personal life, I mean, that's going to be, like for for your daughter, for Coulter growing up, I mean, like she's going to be able to go back and, because like sometimes we go back and look at Chloe's, uh, her parents did a lot of video VHS 
filming. Yeah, back yeah, in my the parents day. did too. Yeah, and for me, when I first started, or you know, this is probably like last year. I don't know when we started watching some of it, but like, it it filled in so much context for me for her family and her personal life and like where they come from and like how they all the dynamic yeah yeah and what it was and what it is now and just to see it it's like holy shit like looking at chloe and then as a kid as a you know really young kid then seeing augie our son you know i'm like holy shit there is so much the way they run some stuff that is just like so similar and there's some content, like, I don't have that much content in my own life, you know, which is whatever. I think there's some videos, but it is, it's a lot different. It'll be a lot different for, for your kids, yeah. you know, to be able to go back and see in yourself. Yeah. And, and, you know, like it's the whole context of, you know, upbringing and stuff, you know, that's been, I, I really get to see that whenever I step in the door at uh, Avery's grandma's house, you know, like mm. there's pictures everywhere. Like it, her house is history. It's history for this family. And yeah. it's so meaningful <laughs> to walk into this house and to like hear all the stories about who Avery was whenever she was little. And, and it makes me so happy that Coulter is literally Avery. Yeah. But I wouldn't change a thing because Coulter is a little freaking spitfire. Yeah. And Avery's the same thing. Yeah. And Avery is absolutely the person that, you know, I want Coulter to be. You know, so I just think it's it's really cool to be able to see, you know, and that's actually funny because I know for a fact, yeah, I watch this, I like watching like uh, mind expanding things. And yeah. There's a statistic out there. Don't quote me on the statistic. That's fine. Statistic. (laughs) (laughs) But I know it's very close. Uh, It's like kids and children and, you know, even growing up into adulthood, the amount of influence that they get from their parents is almost non-existent. It's very small. It's like 10% or something like that. Yeah, nature versus nurture. Exactly. And social groups make up like 80% Mm. of who a person is, their personality, the choices they make, everything like that. So I think it's bonkers to me how Coulter is not even old enough to really even comprehend things. She's one and a half, but yet she is her mother yeah and that's you crazy see stuff you're like holy shit yeah 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 i mean i feel like as a parent that is what's crazy about watching your child grow up because our kids at the same age go to the same babysitter and uh which one side note on that <laughs> like talking about their social circle yeah you know like the other girl that they go to babysitter with kennedy she's, kennedy she's a little developed she's developing a little slower she was a premature baby yeah but she does this thing where she scoots mm-hmm. sometimes augie scoots dude coulter scoots man really she does <laughs> i'm telling you she, i know like, she did it the other day doing? and I, I, I stopped her i was yeah. like i was like coulter let's let's stand up you know i because I, I was like where how do you how do you draw the line hey coulter that's rude i know you're one and a half but that's right. that's kind of uh <laughs> on right. the border <laughs> right you yeah. know so it's like how do you even navigate that as a parent but it's funny how they pick that stuff up and like because like like lately too i guess a year and a half you know augie starts saying things that i mean it's not well but like last night he farted and we were laughing and he goes <laughs> augie art <laughs> and i start. i'm like what he said art and I'm like, fart? <laughs> I have I mean, we say it, but I've never said, hey, say this word. He just connected 
these I'm like maybe somebody else told him or like maybe he just heard us and but it's like crazy and, and just yeah dude I mean some of the shit that he does I'm like holy hell like culture cusses man really yeah I mean we we're pretty uh our our language is very colorful in yeah, our house. Yeah, same. And yeah. Coulter, her favorite word right now is shit. So shit. that's great. Yeah. She'll say it just repeatedly. Shit. 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 I'm like, Coulter, stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's I know you don't understand, but yeah. Yeah, we gotta Well, all right. So let's let's get back to this. We gotta wrap this up in a sec, but we should do this again sometime. This was so a lot down. of fun. This was so much fun. And I think uh, we don't. We never get a second to actually like talk to each other. I know, <laughs> I know. Because when we are together, like the last time we hung out, I think we were camping or whatever. There's at, kids running there's around, kids. and yeah, yeah, we're doing other shit. You taught me how to chop wood, though. That was great. Yep. I'm more than happy to teach you some more. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Uh, but I like. I'm curious. Going ahead, what's the like? What's the what's the quick rundown on where you want to take? JRL. So we're seeing a lot of, um, <clears throat> as far as video production as a whole, you know, obviously that's our bread and butter is video production. Yeah. Uh, and take it even further, you know, we're not filmmakers by any means. You know, n- none of us have ever made a film before. Um, so there's there's a definite disconnect between, uh, you know, us and a lot of other really freaking talented people in our area is you know, we still focus a lot of things on storytelling. Yeah. But we also make it short and sweet and turn it into marketing content. So that's kind of like our bread and butter is we still focus on the story of projects and we still focus on the visuals and the beautiful visuals and, you know, bringing everything together to make a beautiful marketing piece. But that's where our focus is, is marketing. So... Uh, kind of the more we develop, you know, obviously we would love to create more of a uh, specialty production type of thing uh, to where we have specialists and drones, you know, steady cam, mm. stuff like that to where, uh, you know, we can book bigger jobs for bigger production companies in bigger cities. But our main focus and what's going to kind of drive us uh, and kind of keep the doors open is our retainer program. And it's essentially... Uh, a program that we've put in place that gives our clients the opportunity for us to just create whatever they want, anytime they want, nonstop. Gotcha. So, you know, that comes with content edit. And, and whenever I say content, you know, content is social media uh, marketing material. You know, yeah. anything you would post on social media. So, you know, logo graphics, infographics. New uh, product. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, commercial photography, podcasts, you know, chopping podcasts up to make smaller pieces of content. You know, that's kind of our bread and butter is we repurpose content and we do a beautiful job about shooting it. And, you know, having all of the... You guys do, man. Thank you. And having all the, you know, the upper premium uh, qualities in a in a content piece, but we repurpose the hell out of it to where it's marketing material continuously. Gotcha. And that's been really... Six, I mean, found really uh, uh, important for a lot of the companies that we do things for because they have taken their businesses and stopped focusing on local sales. 
they have started moving their companies to focus on to where they can uh, offer services and products to people nationally. Mm-hmm. That's been a big game changer for a lot of our clients. So with this retainer program, essentially uh, it gives our clients uh, immediate access to a media company to where we will create yeah. nonstop. So that's kind of, a, kind of a little bit of a partnership. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, we are team members now. Now yeah. we work with your company and you can, you know, we talk to them nonstop and we're there weekly and essentially it becomes like we're part of the team. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. So, you know, we want to be able to offer that, you know, further than Evansville and what that looks like is, you know, still going on with the JRL local and keeping it local is we want to find local creators in different areas to work for local clients, you Mm. know, and they just send back raw footage to us. Sweet. Yeah. You know, what's funny is like JRL local, like, okay, yes, you're based locally and yes, you work with local people, but the intention is to grow beyond. That's the same thing I'm doing. Like I was just sending an email earlier. I'm like, the whole point of this is to discover, nurture and send out Get yes. bigger, grow, grow. You don't want the strangers to be here. with you forever. You no. want them to move on to bigger and better things, exactly. but you just want to. I want to find, nurture, people. and launch. You yeah. know, that's the whole point. But and that's, that's like awesome. our biggest clients in Naples, Florida. Who Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. You know, so like, the more we work, the more we understand that this is essentially a remote service that we're offering. It's just turning to more of an agency. Okay. Which just deals with more of uh, managing people rather than things. Yep. Yep. So that's a whole different ball game in itself. Yep. We'll talk about that next time. (laughs) Exactly. But I got to say this too. There was one, I do, I love when you guys do the before or like what it looks like in the room and then what it looks like to the camera. Cause like you've done some of those where I'm literally blown away. Like there was one, I think I've told you this before, but like, I think it was a can, a soda or beer. I don't even yeah. know what it was. It was a mirrored brew. Okay, yes. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was it was locally brewed beer. Mm-hmm. But it was like the before, it just looks like people standing around a can. Then you look at the after, it's like that. It's like a fucking Pepsi commercial. You know, it's like the high definition slow-mo of the water droplets and stuff. It's yeah. like, holy shit, that is badass. Yeah. So you guys have some great shit. Thank you. So, okay, I have one segment. It's called Don't Think, Just Act. Okay. I'm going to rifle off 10 terms, names, oh ideas. You just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Here we go. Bro. Here we go. Culture Wall. Oh, my daughter. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Culture Wall <laughs> is not his daughter, but... <laughs> my daughter's named Coulter. That's right. And Culture Wall, we love Culture Wall. Heck yeah. yeah. You turned me on to him. Which I didn't know. He's younger than me. 24, man. Yeah, he sounds like Johnny dude. Cash. It's unbelievable. Like when I first heard him, I thought he was an old guy. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Community. Oh, local. Quality versus quantity. Oh, uh, value. Cool. Favorite project you've worked on? Oh, dude, that's such a tough one. I'd have to or say... what's a highlight? Most know. recently would be Jackson, Tennessee, when we... Uh, pretty much brought forklifts carrying all these $30,000 tables all over this 600 acre farm. The person who owned the farm was number three at FedEx. It was insane. Yeah. So much fun. That's cool. And the tables are like these, like, uh, the stone. Yes. Okay. Concrete. Concrete. Unbelievable. 
what do they do with the tables? Eat on them? Yeah, they're like they're outdoor tables, okay. so like they'll be you know as big as twenty five feet long, oh and God. they'll weigh thousands of pounds. Being a father, oh, the greatest thing in the world. Sweet. Who who is a person that you look up to? Oh man, I always say it's it's community members. You know, I don't look up to people who are out of reach from me, who I can't just go to and talk to. But it's definitely community leaders. Uh, someone in particular, Sean King. I've Who's got Sean massive King? respect for Sean King. He's the owner of Mr. Fence. Okay. His big saying is take care of your team plus one. And he's a big believer in team members and not employees. And I think that's really important. Love it. I'd like to meet him sometime. Absolutely. I think I know who you're talking about now that you said Mr. Fence. He's he's literally Mr. Fence. Yep. Uh okay, headed to a shoot which I know nothing about this topic, by the way, so I'm relying on you. Hopefully you know an answer. Headed to a shoot, you get one camera. What's your camera of choice? Does it have to be a camera I own? No. It could be anything? Yeah. Uh, man, either a, a Red Raptor or uh, an Ari Alexa Mini, maybe. I don't even know. Like, There's Sweet. so many options. This is for all the camera folks out <laughs> there because I, I know what a Red is. Yes. I've seen a Red, but I don't... Okay, most memorable moment on a shoot. Oh, my brother almost died. Oh, shit. What happened? Uh, he choked on a piece of steak. <gasps> oh. <laughs> it's actually a funny story. <laughs> we were at Mel's Diner, and we were filming this, this whole uh, commercial, right? Okay. So everybody oh. who was there besides my brother and his wife Everybody was uh, family, friends, and stuff of okay. the owners. And then my brother and his wife were our actors. So uh, they were bringing all of like the most delicious food out to their table, and we were filming it as it kind of okay. went out type of thing. Nice steam rolling off, beautiful lighting, them laughing at each other. You, know? uh, you don't want to take people who are not involved directly with the shoot and then ask them to do things because you don't know how it's going to go. You need people there to be comfortable with sitting there for a long time and maybe okay. even taking their food back out of their mouth to put it back in, you know, okay, just yeah. silly things. So he, they brought this massive tomahawk steak out to him and I don't know what was in his mind. Uh, but he took a, started cutting this and took this massive bite <laughs> and he just swallowed it for some reason. So he started choking. Right. And then everybody around him thought that he was like acting, acting, <laughs> So if Fuck. you can imagine, everybody's like, wow, he's really good. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit, that a, really looks like he's choking. Yeah, like he's got like snot coming out of his, you know. Yeah. And uh, what happened was Jake, our other guy, he ended up throwing down his camera real quick, running over to my brother, giving him the Heimlich until he spit back up his food. Oh, my God. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. That's memorable. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, dream gig or dream client i don't know something like that oh that'd be that'd be anybody uh with over 2500 team members you know like a target or you know a big restaurant you know hey toyota's kind of local see toyota be going but crumble I mean, cookie we, we love doing oh, product shit. stuff product stuff studio stuff's really fun sweet yeah uh, last one, dead or alive, someone you'd love to hang out with for an evening. Ooh, that's so tough. Famous, family, it doesn't even matter. 
that oh, comes man. to mind. Hang out for an evening. Oh man, that's a tough one, Wes. Yeah, that is a tough one. Who's someone you always wanted to meet? You know, I uh, I always had this growing up. I you know I, I feel like film growing up was a little bit uh, more immersive than what it is today. Today you'll watch a film and you'd be like, "Wow, that was beautifully shot." You know, and ten years ago you'd watch a film and you'd be like, "I didn't even realize I was watching a movie." Yeah, I was watching yeah. people. Yeah. You know. So uh, whenever I was growing up, yeah, whenever I was growing up, there was a couple movies that I really liked. And one of them was like, uh, I totally forget the name of the movie, but it was like Jesse James, American Outlaw or whatever. It was played by Colin Farrell. Okay. So I've always had this real fascination with like mobsters and outlaws and stuff like that yeah so i think it'd be like really cool to be like be in a room with like al capone or okay you know, the real deal yeah like jesse james you know just kind of like feel how eerie it is I think cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right dude that is not a room i would particularly want to be in but yeah. i'm glad that you <laughs> want to go there because you could tell me how it was yeah exactly all right so wrapping this up where can people find you like if they want to learn more about you or just see what you're up to yeah, absolutely. So you can follow us anywhere at jrllocal.com. I mean, well, I guess that's our website. But if you yeah. type in jrllocal anywhere on Instagram, Facebook, you'll find us as well. And you can follow us through that, uh, or you can find my personal page at, uh, you can find me on Facebook at Joran Royce Locker or Instagram at Joran R. Love it. And, and I don't uh, post content myself, so you're probably best jumping over to JRL. Yeah, <laughs> which you're there yes. a lot. Uh, well, dude, thank you for doing this, man. Yeah, I love, I, I, every time we do have a deep conversation or a long conversation, I always learn shit. I love your energy. So thank you for coming by, Thanks giving me some me, time. Wes. I, there was some, like a lot of shit we didn't even cover. So yeah. we'll have to do it again we'll down one. the road. Maybe next time we could do a guest slot over at your studio, I which like it. just got finished. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember it. stepping in your garage when you had just bought the house and you're like, this is where the studio is going to go. And it was bare bones. There was nothing in there. And, and you were like, like, dude, I don't really see it. Yeah. <laughs> like, great empty space. A lot of potential in here, you know, kind of like yeah. coming down to my studio for the first time. But, uh, but yeah, thank you for doing this. Not Best good. luck uh, moving forward here with the rest of the year and then taking on 2023. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, have a great week, weekend, and uh, we'll be back next week with another show. That was my first podcast.